This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, I'm Katie Piper, and welcome to my podcast, Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Each episode, I'll meet an amazing person with an incredible story who faced adversity and came through the other side to inspire others. Welcome to this episode of Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Um, And as I always promise, I am joined by a very extraordinary guest, um, somebody I grew up watching, um, admiring, and somebody who in recent times I've turned to, sounds a bit creepy, but almost like a friend without really being friends, um, through reading her books, um, listening to her podcasts and all the content that she's putting out at the moment. So a lot of you might have guessed who it is. It's the lovely Fern Cotton. Oh my God, thank you. I feel like ridiculous fraud because... um... I think it's quite the opposite way around. Like, you're someone that I always just feel, like, beyond inspired by. Inspired, like, doesn't cover it. So it's, you know, amazing people like yourself that I get to... I think ruminate on all this work that I do and and think about it on a deeper level because otherwise it's pointless. It just being my story and my thing. So you well, know, I thank think, you. No, I always think you don't make it about you. Like whenever I'm listening to your podcast, I always end up with the headphones in again. Like you were saying, talking and being like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm me. I experienced this. So it's not. It's nice to connect without connecting. It's very time efficient. Yeah. Well, so. that's the beauty of podcasts, isn't it? They yeah. are the best. Um, I wanted to do some quick fire questions uh, with you to get to know you a bit better. So my first one um, is talk me through what an average day is for you. Um, There kind of isn't one. I mean, there's always a lot of variables. There are some stuff that's more set in stone because like yourself, I've got young kids. Yeah. So guarantee I'll be woken up before I want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually there's about five complaints before 6.30 (laughs) of some nature. You know, they've got the wrong cup, you know, all the usual stuff. Six and three. Oh, that's tough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they're (laughs) arguing and fighting. So these are all, you know, these things are a dead cert. They're always going to happen every morning. And even this morning I said to them, guys... Like, just be, look at the sun shining, like, be great. Like, just look outside of what you're talking about. And I know they're, they're thinking, what are like, you on about? Wild, but I was yeah. like, I've got to stop this. <laughs> yeah. um, but then the other things that I guess I always want to happen is I would like to always do a bit of exercise. Yeah, me too. If there's the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would always like to have a bit of time to pot around the house because mm-hmm. I like to clean and I'm like a little rodent who likes to keep their place all in order do you get satisfaction from that yeah beyond I love it yeah um but then because my work is so varied now Mm -hmm. it could kind of be anything so today we're doing this and I've got a little brainstorm session after this and then I've got one meeting in town but then tomorrow I've got the whole morning free so I'll just be with kids or take Rex to school be with honey before nursery so it's kind of I just try and constantly get a bit of a balance of work that I love and 
being at home and being a wife and a mum and a mate and all that stuff. I always think that's quite nice when you're a mum. You you get that sort of consistency. Mm. You know, even if work is completely different and crazy busy and then quiet, you've always got that backbone, haven't you? Oh, always. Like, there's... I think I've told this story before on a podcast or something, but... Um, like you say, I remember interviewing Coldplay, I don't know how many years ago, five years ago when Rex was tiny. And I was on a bit of a high. We'd done this like really lovely documentary and I'd been with them, interviewing them all day. And then I got back and I was still flying high a bit. And then Rex was holding onto the side of the bath and just curled out a massive poo on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, Reality there we check. go. Yeah. There's the consistency <laughs> right there. Because yeah. you can do whatever it is, good or bad. Yeah. And you come back and it's the same thing at home and it's really a good, grounding, healthy place to be at. Yeah, it's great to be treated for who you are oh, yeah. and to have people that are real with you. He's like, I don't care that you're in it for you, Coldplay. Have a look at that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> nice little shit. Yeah. <laughs> in more ways than We've one. We've all been yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, I've actually had it where they've done a poo in the bath. Has been, I mean, they're together and I didn't notice. Oh, and then my to el- fish it out. And my eldest is like, Mum, look at all the bath bomb. I'm like, it's not a bath oh, bomb. No. <laughs> we need to evacuate. Yeah. And how do you eat? And then you use your hand. Like, there's no. so many problems. Yeah. Because how, how old are your kids now? So my eldest is five and then my youngest is 16 months. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like low We're standards. We're both in the thick of it. And, yeah, I'm picking it out of my fingers and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's fine. You've got to. <laughs> so with your routine, what is the one thing that is non-negotiable in, in that daily routine? Um, I'll be honest with you, this is the only thing, because, you know, obviously with kids and work, loads of stuff has to just be thrown out the window mm. at a moment's notice. The one thing is I have to have on awakening a cup of coffee. Yeah. There's not been a day since I was 18 that that hasn't happened. And do you I limit would... to one cup? Or yes. You... Yeah. It's okay. one cup and then I would go on herbal tea because otherwise I'd be a lunatic. Yeah. But I'm not doing anything until I've had that cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. So people could be running around me talking whatever you better watch your back because I'm not doing anything until I've had that cup of coffee. <laughs> and are you and real not... coffee or instant? I have an organic instant. If I oh, went real good. it again it would I'd be shaking and going crazy and yeah having panic attacks and all sorts. So it's a really nice cup of organic instant coffee with a little dash of oat milk. Oh, that sounds good. And I'm great. Yeah. But I'm not going to work. I'm not doing anything until that happens. And yeah. as I said, I haven't missed a day of that routine ever. Because I'm fuming if, say, my husband tries to talk to you about, like, serious things. Yeah. Like, I need to have a... I have a black coffee, no milk, instant. Yeah. And just, like, neck it. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's your ritual. That's your time. Yeah. That's your thing. No one's getting in the way of that. And I think it's important, no matter how busy you are, if you've got kids, whatever, you have that thing that is yours. Mm. It's nice. Protect it. That protected feeling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love <laughs> So you talk... Um, I know on Instagram you share, like, a lot of exercise routines. And I, I love how you actually share. You don't really have to spend any money. Like, you can just go out running. Yeah. You can do it in the house. Don't spend any. Yeah. That's quite good. And also you can do it privately. You don't have yeah. to be, like, intimidated in a big gym or no, anything No, I like think that. people... It puts people off, you know, going to a class, a gym, especially if it's something like yoga, which I love. Yeah. If you feel like I've never done it, I'm nervous to put myself in that space where people are going to be varying levels. And obviously yoga's not about competitiveness. It's yeah. just not. Um, but it's scary. So I'd do it right there. That's can, my spot. That's nice. And then you can do it in your pants. Do you, know, do you don't it, even I, have I to brush your hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, money's not stopping you. Lifestyle's not stopping you. Unless you've got, obviously physical injury and you can't yeah. do it but if it's just like adapt, a monetary you can adapt thing, you go yeah yeah and then it's in the bank isn't it it's like you've bank. done it you've got the whole day to be productive heaven and, yeah and it yeah. just sets you up like this morning I was really conscious of like we had 
some bad news recently that one of Jesse's family members passed away. And it really, obviously, like all loss rocks you and makes you reassess everything Mm. in your world. And, you know, just look at that fragility of life that Mm -hmm. we so often will just, you know, push to the side or we, you know, concentrate on all the minutiae of life and Mm -hmm. we're not looking at the bigger picture, which you're obviously amazing at. But I went out and I just looked at the trees and I listened to the birds. Which is so hard to do in yeah. such a busy, you know, you don't take stock to do nope. those things. and Or you do it when it's too late. I do think becoming a mum makes you think more about, it's a bit depressing, but a bit more about mortality. Completely. And the vulnerability and, you know, how we, like, I like to... I like to be in control, which isn't necessarily a good trait. Same. But you aren't necessarily ever really in control. You know, it's kind of a facade you sort of sell yourself. Well, that's why Um, we give ourselves all these little safety things that we think, if I do this every day, or like my morning coffee, or or if I'm always really striving in this area, we think that we're in some sort of linear path to somewhere, or there's control. But of course, like, you know, life oscillates between all the, you know, good and bad and hard and easy and whatever, and... It has to, like, you know, like you say, we're not really in control of any of it. We have to just learn to roll with what happens and, you know, do our best, really. I actually think the bravest people are those that can surrender the control. No, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, they are are the most courageous people Mm. that can surrender to stuff and just go, you know, and although you see yourself as someone that's, got to always be in control you're surely free yeah but look how much adapting you've done in life like an unreal amount but I think it's a for so you know when people say things like inspirational like in in some ways like it comes from a good place it can be a condescending and patronizing yeah but also I think actually courage and bravery only comes from vulnerability yeah because you can't really practice those qualities with no without that you know if you're going to be courageous brave creative you have to experience vulnerability Mm -hmm. there's no You can't have that bit without the vulnerability and we sort of forget that. Mm. And that is a complete lack of control. Do you know what I mean? You're just going, let's see what happens and go with it. What what thing in your daily outline do you have to drop when you're really, really busy? And how do you cope with the frustration of having had to drop it that day? Because for me, I hate that. You know, if I map out like, right, I'm going to do this, this and this, or this is a long-term goal plan. And if one thing I have to lose out or it doesn't work out, sometimes I can get really anxious or cross or even furious, you know? I certainly have it with work. Um... If I feel I'd set out with quite a clear idea and I want to manifest it, I will struggle with being malleable, I guess, um, sometimes. But then actually, through experience, some of the things that have gone disastrously wrong or some of the things that I've let go of have led me to absolute amazingness. So I'm getting much better at that one because I've seen all this random... I didn't think all this good stuff was going to happen in my career and I was going to have a whole new career at yeah. the age of whenever it was, 30, 31. I had no idea about any of that. So I'm getting better at that. But I think, actually, the thing I struggle with the most is if I'd looked at a week, because obviously my diary's really all over the shop and I don't have that routine like yourself. Mm. If I've thought, right, those three days, I'm just going to be in mum mode and be with the kids, do the school run, really simple stuff, cooking dinner and all that jazz. And then something comes up that has to go in the diary. I really struggle letting go of that time. Yeah. Even if it's an absolute necessity or nothing is really, but you know, even if it's heavily advised or encouraged that this happens so that this happens the week after, 
I really get anxious about that. I get be quite really suffocating. anxious, yeah. And yeah. about, I guilt myself out. I give myself a hard time. You know, I'm a shit mom, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I just label myself with negativity. Mm-hmm. And I'm nowhere near getting to grips with that one yet. And a yeah. lot of my mates who are in the same boat as me feel exactly the same with that. You know, and even if they're not working or they could be working full time I think everyone experiences that on a level yeah I mean I'm really bad in that so because obviously most of my work would be more central London and I live slightly further out so I'm using cabs to get home so sometimes two three hours in a cab oh god so there could be times when I don't see my kids for three days in a row Mm. which to somebody who does a nine-to-five job they might think I'm a really bad mum I'm in the house but I miss I leave before they wake I come home when they're in bed and it's just the way my job is and I feel crap I don't enjoy that but it's part of my life and I know I choose to do my job then other times I won't have work for like three four weeks I'll be with the kids every day and I'll be like shit I'm unemployed (laughs) that's what so funny how you yeah. get what you're striving from then you exactly. go oh my god my career's falling apart yeah. I have exactly yeah. that feeling and it's so ridiculous yeah and I know it and I know it and it's like you know I feel like well, I can't tell any of the parents that go to the school that I don't see them for three days because they'll probably ring social services um <laughs> and that I can't tell all the power women I work with I haven't had a job for two weeks because mm. they'll probably stop ringing me I know I think I suppose with you and what you're doing with your platform is it's the authenticity that everyone can relate to and you know we all look back and think we try to hold on to so many things and then when we do have a a loss or the end of an era you know actually it isn't our our darkest moment it might have been at the time but I think then in hindsight when you go on to educate yourself and learn from other people you realize this is just growth Mm, you know for everyone possibly in the end the most important bit Mm -hmm. you know as hard as any trauma or difficult situation is Actually, later down the line, if you're willing to dig around a bit and look at life and try new things and explore, then it can be, like you say, it's growth. It's like the start of something completely new. And my whole career now is luckily all about that. And I feel so lucky. I'm talking every day about stuff I give a shit about. Yeah, how nice. Very little of it is stuff that I don't care about. Yeah, Yeah, I really, really care about it. And... You know, I've realised 22 years later after starting this job, what's the point of having any sort of platform if I'm not connecting with people properly? Mm. But I do also, if I'm really honest, and I, I, I feel like I can be honest on podcasts, I probably wouldn't say it in like a print media sat down interview, but I do also find the connection draining. Yeah. So for me, for example, I would often connect with people with similar stories to me. So in a day, I could have, like, I don't know, 40 DMs about people that have been sexually abused. Mm. So in the end, I had to turn off the DM um, feature, which sounds selfish, but, you know... I don't I want, think it does. I want those people to go direct to a charity yeah. that is manned 24 hours. I want yeah. them to use 101-999. I used to be quite yesy and let them talk and, and take it all on, and then I it used to make me feel quite burdened and yeah, depressed. which is pointless. You know? What's the point of that? Yeah, because then I've got nothing anyone. left to give, no. you know? I'm just like sad. No, you know? you've got like it's everyone like, has to bear that in mind. I think you know doctors, nurses, psychotherapists, mm. anyone that's working with people, energy, and stories. But I, again, I'm very yesy. Yeah, and I want to make a positive impact mm-hmm. and help people. Um, but I have definitely previously let that happen to my detriment. But it's you know it's true. If if we're burnt out, knackered 
trying to please everyone, but we're suffering inside or we're mm. feeling like we're falling apart. None of it works. Yeah. You're not giving anyone anything then. It's all in vain, isn't it's it? It's all yeah. in vain. And especially to the people that you are really close to, mm-hmm. your immediate family, they're probably going to get it mm-hmm. because, you know, they love you. So you're probably going to be a bit ratty with them or whatever. That's basically my husband. I'm like, well, I'm kind hit. to everyone and like, just <laughs> neglect him. And he's so good about it. He just soldiers on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is so often the case with yeah. so many people that... Your other half, and I think my husband would say the same about our dynamic, we'll both do it to each yeah. other because you know that it's a solid love and you can kind of push it a bit and prod it. And yeah. I think it's all about each day waking up and going, what am I capable of today? And it'll be some days it'll be amazing things, other days it won't. And that that's no bad thing. And what about when you get really lazy journalism? So like people that draw just one line, they take it out of context and then they, you know, syndicate and print an article. And I've had it done to me. And sometimes it's quite damaging because I could be talking about somebody else or somebody at my charity or my, um, like a throwaway joke in about my husband that's literally dry humour. And you think if you're going to do that to people, you're going to cut off the willingness to actually be transparent and share. And that's really sad because... It is, it is. And and I've also been on the receiving end of it so, Mm. so many times. Sometimes to really tragic levels for me where I've really not felt able to cope with it. Yeah. Because I've, you know, over the years been through all sorts of shit in the press and in my personal life or whatever. And I'm not the sort of person that likes to sell stories or sit and talk about stuff if I don't really have to. The Mm -hmm. stuff I'm willing to share, I'll write in books Mm -hmm. and I'll talk about in podcasts. But they even try and lift books out of context then, don't they? But I had one recently, which, to be honest, wasn't traumatic in any way. But I just thought, I'm not having that. And I write a column for Red Magazine. Okay. And it's a very honest column because Mm -hmm. otherwise, well, what's the point? If I'm Mm -hmm. going to do a column, I'm going to write about real things that I'm not just fluffy column. Mm -hmm. And I'd written about marriage and that it obviously Mm -hmm. takes a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) No exception to that rule. There's no like fairy tale wedding where everything is just amazing and Mm -hmm. no effort is involved. Every marriage, although that love is absolutely solid, It takes work. And I've got two kids and two stepkids. Mm-hmm. We've got weird jobs that mean we have to keep moving and talking about everything. There's going to be friction. Of course. Of course. Yeah. We all think differently and we're all trying our best. Yeah. And I wrote a very honest article about a huge row we'd had in the park. And so normal. It's always the park. So <laughs> in the park, because you think no one can hear them. There's a dog yeah. walker going, oh shit, sort of scurrying into a bush. And we were having that, and and then we both had a bit of a cry and this like lovely moment. That's quite and a it nice made it release. Better. Yeah, that's it was lovely. great, and it was yeah. a positive article about saying, you know, we can have these moments, but actually they can make you so much closer, obviously, yeah. and and you are stronger. You care and you're invested. Yes, you know, otherwise like, I'll just walk away and yeah. go, oh, I don't want to be married anymore. Yeah. But I desperately do. Yeah. So then, obviously, there's lines coming out, Fern fighting for her marriage, blah blah. And okay, so unfair. I could give a shit what someone's writing about me, but if my stepkids, who are 13 and 17, could walk yeah. into our newsagent there and see a paper with that in there, yeah, and we haven't said to them, "Hi guys, we're." having trouble in our marriage which we're not we're just having an argument that's horrendous you know they don't need that or you know my kids my little kids at school a teacher could have read something Mm. in the paper and then they might say something like you know I'm not having that for my children so I spoke out about that one thought and said it was on Instagram how just lazy and ridiculous it was. and But that's so great now. You have your own verified, authentic platform yep. where people can just go straight to there and see what's a load of rubbish. Well, I think everyone these days, due to social media and podcasts, 
is actually looking at how we've fed the news all mm-hmm. round and how, of course, for some reason, as humans, we want to only see the bad stuff. You know, you mm. never turn the news and obviously it's like an amazing story. That doesn't happen. There might be one a year that you go, oh, heartwarming. Yeah. But usually it's... Awful, awful shit on rolling news yeah. all day long. I deleted the news apps on my phone. I, I can't look. Yeah, I can't so I was look. Like, I'm ne- if I keep reading this, I'm never going to travel. No. I'm never going to do anything. No. I'm never going to have any faith. To, like, no. This is just so but exactly, bad. because we're programmed to feel that there's more bad than good in the world. Mm. And that's not true. There has to be this sort of harmonious balance of 50-50 with everything in the yeah. world. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So on to good stuff food because <laughs> you always post really wicked recipes you do with your kids and obviously you've got some brilliant cookbooks i've got the baking cookbook which oh, really, yeah. well, I'll send, i'm doing a new one now so i'll send it you when it's oh, finished that's cool okay should be doing that today at some point distracting you. <laughs> so what one food could you not live without and why I mean, it's a really obvious one, but it's chocolate. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. Again, I probably eat it every day. Like a very dark, organic, good quality chocolate. I don't mm-hmm. want any old rubbish. Yeah, so you don't want the crash. No, yeah. I want a real dark, dark chocolate, like 90%. Mm-hmm. Like almost like it's like eating coffee. It's yeah. so strong. But it's nice and bitter and it, it perks oh, you up, doesn't it? I... Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. And I only have it in small little, little snap here, little snap there. Yeah. But... I could not give that up. Everything else, I'm pretty, like, versatile and I'll try new things or whatever. But the chocolate thing, even if I, like, go away somewhere, I'll pack a little block in case there's yeah, none. I love that. There. You arrive as supplies. That's very good. I have to. That's quite mummish. It's very mummish. <laughs> there's always several Tupperwares of some sort. Well, my own coffee in a Tupperware. Yeah. Then there's one that's got my own tea bags in. Then there's probably one that's got a few little nuts and seeds. This is very geeky. <laughs> so geeky. Our Tupperware drawer is the biggest drawer in the kitchen. Yeah. It says a lot about us as a family. Well, I like the control and organisation. There you go. There you go. It's the control. <laughs> so this is a, like a big, loaded, million-dollar question, but it's the age-old question of, what would you say to your younger self? Which you are still young, but... Well, <laughs> edging towards 40 quite quickly. I know this one because I think about it all the time. Mm. And because I had a weird career that started young, yeah, it's really visible, like, the mistakes I made. Not that anyone else would see them, but that I can see. Mm. And it all goes back to being authentic. Authenticity mm-hmm. and feeling okay being you because this is an industry that sometimes gives you messaging that that's not okay I think always does yeah yeah. I mean it's kind of you know for people that aren't in the public either everyone's feeling it you know it's a bizarre time and when I was growing up I never felt that I could just be me that was and you never got feedback because you didn't have social no I didn't have anything I had zero feedback yeah I just felt like god people can't won't hire me or like me just for being me. Mm-hmm. I'm just some boring kid from the suburbs mm-hmm. who has, you know, no connection to this world at all, nothing interesting to say. I just felt not enough. Yeah. So I constantly <clears throat> felt the need to, like, 
over egg things yeah. or be a bit more than I naturally was or mm-hmm. give a bit too much or just I could always see myself if I watch any old footage of myself which is excruciating Oh, I hate I watching always, anything. I can't. Yeah. I literally... <laughs> yeah. My mum, I think it was at Christmas, was like, hey, Jess, look at this thing of Fern on Disney Club. And I was looking oh, at her like, you so proud, fucking <laughs> dare press play and I am running from this house. <laughs> I can't. But I can just see how I didn't feel enough because mm. I, ha- I felt the need to, like, give and... But that would have been the messaging coming to you. It's not your fault. It's, it's I know, the environment. It was, I guess. And I was young and, you know, we all go through that I just had it sort of very publicly and in a pressurized yeah. because I was working so much at that age I did yeah. so many kids shows and which isn't not, you know, that's it's not normal yeah yeah and I did it for years I think only really I guess since um I wrote happy have yeah. I felt like I'm still in the public eye but I'm being me I don't yeah. give a shit if I don't look a certain way anymore if my hair's not brushed if I'm not saying the right things if I'm not posting things that people are going to like of me in sexy underwear or whatever. I just, I'm just doing me. Yeah. And that's all I can do these days. And it might be seen as uh, sort of slightly less exciting or whatever. But for me, I am the most content in that space because I'm just being me. No one's going to trip me up because yeah. I'm going to tell you the truth whatever you ask me. And that's why it feels quite like stable because actually yeah. there's nothing to ca- catch nothing you to out hide. on. There's I've told no... you it all. I've said it in the books. Yeah. Anything I don't want to say is not because it's a dark, awful secret. It's because I'm still working through stuff like everyone that yeah. I'm not happy with yet or I'm not. I haven't made peace with. But privacy and boundaries <clears throat> are also important, aren't Massively. they? Massively. There's not to say that you should just actually lay everything out on the table to everyone. Well, this is it. And that's the thing about, that's the double-edged sword, I guess, of social media. Like, it is connective and it's amazing. But for anyone in the public eye or not, because we're sharing, people get confused and they think, oh, well, I can know everything and I can ask you everything and I can bombard you with all of this sort of stuff. And it's like, wait, I can still control what I want to tell you. Like if I was in a conversation with you and you asked me a question, I would make an informed decision in my head. Yes, I'm going to tell you or I'm going to politely say, actually, I don't really want to talk about that. And I think social media has confused people in that way. What's your social like? Is it like what's your kind of relationship like with your social media? Um... I guess complicated, like most people, if I'm yeah. honest. It's like um, a boy. It's just yeah. up and down. It's it like... really is. So, I've never heard that sort of analogy, but it so is. It's really, um, it's a tricky one because on good days where I just feel really present and really grateful just to be here right now with, mm. with nothing attached to that, um, I don't feel the need to really look at it much. Um, I'll post things that I believe are hopefully connective Mm. or going to be positive for someone to look at. It doesn't have to be a big important moment, but just something positive. But then I guess on days where I've got a situation going on or there's something that I'm finding stressful or I've had insomnia and I haven't slept, I will look at it without even knowing I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I'm on there and I'm like, how long have I been looking? What have I looked at? What's gone in? What have I digested? And I almost freak out halfway through. I go into this trance and it's like... We all do it. Or I might post something that I think <laughs> I posted that for the wrong reason. Right, I didn't okay. post that because I wanted connection or I wanted to make other people feel a certain way. Mm. I've posted it because I'm feeling insecure and yeah. I believe that other people will value me more if I post it. But it's a form of expression and it's just an instant one. That's the thing, isn't yeah, it? Cause... It says so much. Although in a weird way it doesn't, in a sort of paradoxical way, it, you're seeing a 
tiny element of someone's sort of day. It's not mm. really anything about them. But really, like, the, the emotion behind it and why the why they've posted it says more than what the picture actually is, I think, a lot yeah. of the time. It can be so loaded, can't it? And Massively. so dangerous because it's so... You know, normally you might pick up the phone and bitch and then kind of regret it a bit, but actually that was private, mm. you know? So if you then kind of act in a way that actually was quite reactive, yeah. then it doesn't really represent you. It's, no. Because sometimes my husband's like, you were really happy about an hour ago, now you're livid. What's my wrong? My husband says this like, to me. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> this is exactly me. I had this the other day where I can't remember, some guy had said something derogatory about yeah. me. I know intellectually it doesn't matter. Nothing. And that he's Still. not going to like change my life with his thought process. And actually his thought says more about him than me. I know all of that. Yeah. But I go through the motions of, oh, I feel really angry. And then I went into the toilet because my husband said to me, like your husband, what's wrong with you? You were absolutely fine when you were making coffee two seconds ago. Yeah. And like you, no, nothing, nothing. And then, oh, Gary from Brighton <laughs> yeah. said this about me. Yeah. And then I took myself in the toilet. And this is not to be advised, but I had a chat with this guy whose name I can't remember. Oh like God, he was just... sat in front of me. But I just thought, I'm going to let it out and see what happens. And That's I was just like, nice you think this about me? You haven't got a fucking clue. I tell him someone out of EastEnders. Yeah. I went for Danny him. Danny Dyer. I was so Danny <laughs> Dyer. I totally went for this guy. And then I sort of was like... That was a bit weird, but, <laughs> but anyway, I've let it out. That, and I walked yeah. out and I sort of laughed about it and it became sort of quite comical, the whole yeah. thing. And then I walked away and I was fine again. Whereas, I'm not joking, before, when I was on Radio 1, and it's before uh, Instagram, but Twitter was, you know, huge. And Twitter's so ranty. I had like, so many people, because I was on radio every day, yeah. speaking freely. I'm not saying things that I want to hurt people. That's not my bag. Yeah. But I may have said things in the past or I or tripped over a word, God forbid, yeah. but oh. I stutter. You know, stuff like that. People go at you because they're yeah. angry about their life. Yeah. And I would be affected by it for days. Because it's would so much useless. anger. Yeah. yeah. And it... I would conflate their opinions with my own and, oh my God, I would let it rule me. Do you think that Twitterate kind of experience, do you think it made you like tougher or do you think it sort of opened up your eyes to like some of the sadness in the world? Yeah, not the, not option one. I don't think I'm tough at all. I mm. think I'm far too sensitive to do the job that I do. Mm. I'm not built for it. And I know people Is that are. Is anyone, though? I, think... I know people that I think are... I mean, again, I'm making huge assumptions. They might not be behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. But they seemingly water for ducks back. I've never been like that. I'm highly sensitive mm. and I deal in emotions, so mm. I can't ignore it. Um, but I guess, like you say, it's made me very aware of how much other people feel they're struggling yeah. and they feel trapped in it. And that's a terrible, terrible shame. Mm. And I think actually that's where I can really dig into that empathy and go, God, I actually really hope this person's all right. You know, I have to be accepting of that's just how I'm built. And um, yeah. It's been the same since I was a kid. I've just always mm. really felt things massively, like hugely. Yeah. And that can be beautiful and like an amazing euphoric experience, but it can also be really painful yeah. and, you know, damaging. But it's learning to sort of live with that, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, guess it's what makes you so creative because you are sort of open and in touch with things. Ooh, That's how you can have I that love flow. love being creative. Yeah, no, it's a real it's strength. Best. Yeah. So I've got one final question to ask you and I have to credit who I stole it from. This is... <laughs> Because you might listen and be like, hmm. <laughs> so this is how... Sounds familiar. <laughs> when I went on Paul McKenna's podcast, this is how he ends every podcast. And I thought this is quite a cool one. So the question is, what should I have asked you that I haven't? Um, that's such a, that is a great question, Paul McKenna. So Gok Wan, uh, and he did it and he actually said, you should have asked for my number. Oh, uh, <laughs> classic Gok. Good. I mean, Gok's a great friend of mine and that does not surprise me. Um... 
I guess it's something around, you know, who I feel I am. Because mm-hmm. everyone puts an identity on me. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's what I think I am is the intriguing bit because I think it's so different to what people assume. Mm-hmm. And I always feel that I am massive introvert, mm-hmm. massively. I'm never happier than on my own in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being on my own. And I guess I always feel... Um, quite small in this world and I don't feel like this person that's in the public eye at Mm. all. I don't attach myself to any of that. I always feel like a bit of an outsider in all of that, like a bit of a weirdo in all of that whole... I never fit into a TV clique or a gang or... Maybe you don't don't. have a comparison because actually, like you said, you've always been that. So it's not like you could compare another experience. No, I just have always felt a bit on the edge of it and the comparison between what people assume I am and who I feel I am even who knows if I'm wrong who knows what I'm about I'm still learning but I feel that's the bit that I want to I'm more desperate for people to sort of understand yeah and it's nice that you're taking people on that journey as Mm. well and and being honest about that so for everyone listening because I think this will go out before your festival you're working on. oh good so if everyone wants to get more of this and be part of it can you tell them a bit about the festival yes and you're going to be there which I'm so grateful for (laughs) oh no thanks for asking me I feel really privileged so I'm doing a special live series of the podcast Mm -hmm. at the festival there'll be eight episodes recorded there wow all incredible people like you and no pressure <laughs> no, yeah no you're it's gonna be great and it's basically I want everything I've been talking about to be brought to life so mm-hmm. there is two beautiful venues Chiswick House and Tatton Park oh lovely really gorgeous and there's gonna be beautiful designated areas it's gonna be a big community stage where you can go and do yoga whenever you want all day long or other sort of more chilled classes yeah there's gonna be the talks tent which is where you'll be so there's gonna be yeah. The eight live episodes, but also talks all day from the most oh, fascinating people on all manner of um, subjects. There's going to be some on family estrangement. There's going to be some on health. There's mm. going to be some on courage, diversity, like all different subjects yeah. covered. Then there's going to be other smaller tents that have uh, workshops like art and craft workshops, oh, mindfulness, yeah. meditation, more other smaller yoga classes, sound therapy, breathing workshops, like any interesting explorative experience. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I will have there. little shopping area with very small brands that I want to champion and that yeah. I love people making stuff. This um, sounds like bliss and it's such gonna good It's going to be a great food, so, obviously. Yeah, that's of course. a given. I knew it'd have to be if it was you. It's going yeah. to be great food. So <laughs> I want people to come away going holy shit, like I heard this person talking and then I did this workshop and I've just feel like I've changed, there's been a shift. Make that impact, I want people to go away like they've actually spent the 35 quid and it's been really an amazing... Which is very cheap, actually, for all that. It's a good price, (laughs) it's quite a good price. Yeah. So I really want people to feel they've got something from it rather than it was a nice day out. So tickets are uh, available. You can go on my Instagram and click on the link there. I'm pretty sure our website is happyplacefestival.com. And guys, I'll put a link on my story when I put this episode up. That's so lovely. You can click through on my story. Thank you, thank you. I know this is really exciting. I better plan my outfit now. (laughs) The most Uh, important part. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me in your home um, and being as honest and authentic as ever and talking to me. Um, It's been a really nice afternoon. Thank you so much, Katie. Uh, I'm so honoured to be part of your series. Thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials.